0: This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com
1: welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. Taiwan's Food and Drug Administration has approved the use of the Moderna vaccine on children aged between 6 and 11 years old. The decision comes as Taiwan reported 1,390 new domestic COVID-19 cases on Monday, a new record high. And as cases continue to rise, authorities are also cracking down on people who break quarantine rules. Eric Gao reports
0: children in Taiwan between the ages of 6 and 11 can soon be vaccinated against COVID-19. Over two years into the global pandemic, emergency use authorization has been granted to give them half an adult dose of the mRNA vaccine Moderna, requiring two shots at least four weeks apart. The authorization comes as Taiwan continues to see over a thousand new domestic cases a day. Both Taipei Mayor Ko Wen-je and Deputy Mayor Huang San-sang are self-isolating after coming into contact with someone who was COVID positive. While most confirmed infections are mild or asymptomatic, new research suggests even mild infections can lead to health problems down the road. With infection spreading, officials are taking quarantine rules more seriously. New Taipei City has fined a man over 50,000 U.S. dollars for going shopping and playing basketball, despite being ordered to stay at home after testing positive. It's the highest fine issued by New Taipei since the pandemic began, and the man has been moved to a centralized quarantine facility. Patrick Chen and Eric Gao for Taiwan Plus.
1: Russian forces say they're close to seizing Ukraine's port city of Mariupol. They've given remaining Ukrainian soldiers there an ultimatum to surrender or die, but so far it's been ignored. Meanwhile, there's been little respite from war in the rest of the country with shelling and airstrikes hitting multiple locations, James Chater reports. <laughs>
2: In the shadow of war, Christians in the Ukrainian city of Kramatorsk celebrate Easter Sunday. There aren't as many worshippers
3: here as there used to be.
2: Outside Kramatorsk churches, an audible reminder of the conflict's harsh reality there was no pause to Russian shelling of Ukrainian cities despite the religious holiday. A strike on Ukraine's second city of Kharkiv killed five and injured at least 13 people.
0: And
2: And Russian forces now say they are close to taking the key strategic port city of Mariupol. (laughs)
0: <laughs> інші міста, інші громади,
2: все, On Sunday, Ukrainian forces in Mariupol ignored a Russian demand of surrender. That's despite Moscow promising to eliminate any who defied it.
1: No, city still is not fallen. There is still our. Uh... Military forces are soldiers, so they will fight till the end. And as for now, they still
2: are in Mariupol. Strong defiance from Ukrainian officials, but on the streets of Mariupol, devastation and clear evidence of the horrors of war. Bill Kong and James Chater for Taiwan Plus.
1: When Russia invaded Ukraine, a team of female professionals began documenting and cataloging evidence of atrocities and potential war crimes committed by Russian forces in their country. Named the Talion, meaning Data Battalion, it is an open-source database of photographs, videos, and testimonies that can be used by journalists, governments, and war crime investigators. Our reporter Rick Cloward spoke to one of their founding members, an IT businesswoman who has asked to keep her identity hidden
3: so the Italian is an initiative of more than 120 volunteers and these are mostly women uh, wives and uh, mothers that fight this war with Russia with their phones they fight with information they fight with their truth so the Italian is a database uh, of video and uh, video footages and and photos, but mostly videos of war crimes that we have in Ukraine. This is the biggest database today since we collect information from the day one and we deliver this well sorted uh, raw video uh, if you uh, go on the website and download these are sorted by uh, dates, by locations, by what type of crime is over there. So they are very very well sorted and we deliver it to international media, we deliver it to the world, we deliver it to authorities to share the truth of what is happening in Ukraine.
2: What made you want to start working on this project, documenting what is happening in Ukraine?
3: Yes, usually historically war is... Uh, uh, more for men, though always women and kids suffered from it. But and women as well uh, fought with a weapon. Um, but these days, um, we, me personally, yeah, uh, I, I I don't know how to use weapon. I come from tech company, the IT world, and uh, my strong point was that. I I knew how digital part works. I knew uh, what to do uh, digitally not so much uh, offline. This is where I can be the most helpful because I know how to communicate uh, with world digitally. And I joined with all my team. I have a team of strong people, uh, specialists in this field, and uh, we joined instantly. And we have amazing people uh, among volunteers. These are, in normal life, um, successful people in different businesses. And some are in finance, some are lawyers, some are this, the same as me, is from IT, but all, uh, mostly women and mothers, who really uh, came together to um, fight this war the way we can do, because we... We, we, we don't carry weapons. As Russia's invasion of Ukraine
1: nears the two-month mark, here in Taiwan, demonstrators have held a die-in protest, calling for an end to the war. Bing Wang reports.
4: Dozens of people stretched out on the ground in Liberty Square in the heart of Taiwan's capital, of Taipei. In the background, air sirens to simulate what Ukrainians go through every day. It's the latest protest in Taiwan to condemn the now 54-day-long Russian invasion of Ukraine. Alice Kamenko, a Ukrainian in Taipei, said they organized a protest to draw attention to the Bucha Massacre, where 400 Ukrainians were reportedly killed by Russian forces.
1: You know, they're pretty powerful, right? They really show what it's like in some small way, right, the impact on on individuals and the horror of the war. And so, and we did our first rally here in Liberty Square Arch. And we, you know, it's obviously a place of great significance to to democracy and to to protests. And so it
2: was a perfect, perfect location.
4: Ukraine accused the Russian military of killing civilians as their troops left Bucha. Moscow rejected these accusations and said the killings were staged and any evidence was fake. I can only describe the mood here as somber. Many Ukrainians at this rally have told stories of the horrors that their families are facing back at home. And you can sense the anger and the frustration and helplessness that many people here are facing, and the reality that they can lose their loved ones at any moment. Vadim, a Ukrainian living in Taiwan, thanked Taiwan for his support during what has been a devastating time for his country.
0: We see all your support, and we feel it. In two weeks, After war started, I lost my grandfather. In two weeks after, I lost my father, who died bravely defending my country. People
4: of all nationalities came to the rally in support of Ukraine.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, it went pretty well today. It's really powerful. And it really drives people into tears because this is something beyond our imagination.
4: It was heartbreaking. And as people, we stand with liberty and freedom and human rights. It's not why I'm here, but I must be here to stand with Ukraine. Taiwan has donated around 30 million U.S. dollars for Ukraine and its neighboring countries to help Ukrainian refugees. Donations have also come in a form of material goods such as diapers, toilet paper, clothing, and even wheelchairs. The country has also joined in on international sanctions against Russia, but more aid for Ukraine is needed.
1: So we you know, would, would encourage the, uh, the, the, the Taiwanese to continue donating, continue supporting. We, through our group, have a lot of different kinds of fundraising projects as well. So that's number one. Number two, I think, just coming out and, and, and supporting us through these actions, right? It's very important because it spreads the word. It generates more awareness.
4: Protesters here say they're hopeful the war will end soon. And until it does, demonstrations like these around the world are set to continue, showing Russia that support for Ukraine stretches far beyond its borders. As I and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus.
1: Russia's invasion of Ukraine has led to international concern over whether China will attack Taiwan, which it claims is part of its territory. China has increased its military pressure on the island, and while many Taiwanese people have long regarded China's threats as bluff and bluster, the invasion of Ukraine is changing people's minds. Louise Watt reports.
5: These residents in Taiwan's capital, Taipei, are spending their weekend learning what to do if, or when, an emergency strikes. There's more interest in such workshops since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Many people here see parallels between Ukraine and Taiwan, which faces threats from its own huge neighbor, China. China considers Taiwan as part of its territory and vows to take control of the island with force if necessary. It's a threat that Taiwanese have lived with for decades. But while many have long dismissed China's threats as bluster, some are now changing their views. A recent survey of Taiwanese showed 37% now think it possible that China will invade Taiwan the highest number since the question was first asked in 2004. But the Taiwan government is keen to ease concerns and has decried fear-mongering, which the premier suggests is coming from China. But it sparked a debate about Taiwan's combat readiness and military capability and also how civilians should respond. These workshops teaching medical skills are run by Enoch Wu, a former special services soldier and politician.
0: Taiwan security is dependent on a... Um, a ready military, but also a very prepared uh, general public. And so, while we call for military reform and a higher sense of urgency um, on behalf of the military, we also expect the we're doing all we can to to raise the general public's level of readiness and preparation.
5: Wu says one thing Taiwan can do is make sure its many emergency shelters are better prepared. Taiwan has more than 100,000 designated air raid shelters, and actually many of them are underground car parks. This two-floor car park is meant to shelter more than 5,000 people. But there's not much here that would help if war broke out. No first aid kits, food or water, and not much ventilation the increase in demand for better preparedness saw Wu's april workshops booked up within two hours of going online people here are now taking the threat across the water more seriously and inspired by ukraine they're doing what they can to learn to keep themselves and others safe damon Lin and louise watt for taiwan plus
1: Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time.
5: Thanks
0: for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.